Good morning. Welcome to Pearl Street Church. So good that you are here joined with us. If you're visiting, man, so great to have you here today um, for this incredible thing that we call Pearl Street Church. Now we're on this online access or online uh, viewership or uh, online access here. And um, we are in the middle of this because of the madness that we are in right now, this coronavirus, the pandemic and shutting everything down. And right now, um, the state has issued 25% capacity we can open back up to. Now, understand my heart inside of this. And this is why we, we as Pearl Street Church have not opened up yet. And this is going to um, this is going to be something that we do according to our context in our, uh, with our movement, right? Other churches maybe have large facilities that they were, they were filling 50% capacity before they even started this and, um, and then had to shut down. And so with us, we were hundred percent capacity, um, with four services before this. So if our, our dynamic is a little bit different. That's the lens in which I'm looking through. So I would like to see at least a 75% capacity um, operationally for us to have everybody come back in before we start having services. I'm, I'm looking at that very closely. The last thing I would ever want, and you know my heart on this, is anybody to be standing outside of our doors wishing that they, come, they can get in. I would much rather all of us be accessing online and all of us tuned in, then a few people inside and a lot of people outside wishing they could be inside. So we're gonna give it a few more weeks and see a couple things that are coming out, see what the state is recommending, but that is where we are at today, okay? And so as you know, we, let's jump into this conversation. We've been looking at power on the move, right? Acts is just the story of Jesus giving his life. And right after this, it's the start of the movement, the start of the church, the start of believers, um, now telling the good news about Jesus all over the region. We're seeing that the Holy Spirit is sent. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit. Um, he would lead and guide us. He would develop us and he would empower us to go into the world. And now we're seeing power on the move, power showing up in our lives. And we've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks, power on the move, power showing up. We're power to be generous. There's power on the inside. So today I want to hit up, we are powered with the truth. The beauty is, is we are powered with the truth. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where uh, you just had somebody that just didn't like you for whatever reason. They just didn't like you. There was no particular thing that you did. There was nothing that you said. It was just a person had this feeling, emotion, whatever it may be, this position that they didn't like you. I've been there before. Been there before inside of my life where um, there was just people at certain points in time that for whatever reason, they just didn't like me. And I couldn't understand it. I'm sitting here like, well, I love Jesus. I'm, I'm a nice person. I'm courteous to everyone. I try to be joyful every day, keep a smile on my face. You know, all these things that I'm like, I'm just being a courteous and conscious person that is kind towards others. How in the world can somebody not like me? And, and it's always confused me and really troubled me at certain point in times. And I'm like, I just don't understand. I'm doing everything I can. And this person just simply doesn't like me. You know, the reality is sometimes people come to their conclusions on their own reasoning. They come up with their own information, maybe 
completely unfounded, lacking truth completely. And they develop ideas that lead toward beliefs based off of information that isn't true, that now their behaviors, the position of the lifestyle they're pleased, leads towards behaviors that are negative towards us. Oh, that's one of the most frustrating places to be inside of life. And yet, here we're looking at the story of the Acts 2 church, and that's exactly where they are. They're in a place where they're sharing good news. They have beliefs that are different. That's an opposing belief, opposing ideas, and individuals just simply do not like them. Now, maybe it's not based on a lack of difference, right? Maybe some people in my situation were just like, they just didn't necessarily like me. It wasn't opposing views or anything. It just didn't like me. But here we look into Acts 2, and, and you find in the start of chapter 8, we're just coming off the backside of Stephen's killing. Father, may their sins not be held against them for what they've done against me. And then we start this story in here, and let's, let's look into Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. It says this, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. So they laid the, their coats at his feet. In the chapter earlier, they said all the witnesses lays their coats at the feet of, um, of Saul. And it says here that Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. He agreed completely. Saul is completely in agreement with what is going on in persecution of the believers. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, all the believers, except um, the apostles were scattered through uh, the region of Judea and Samaria. Verse number two, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. <laughs> Look at this. You get a man, Saul, which we know Saul and all the greatness. And we're going to talk about that next week and Saul and who he was and how he's done and the, what he's developed and, you know, things that he's, uh, you know, pioneered, so on and so forth. I mean, these incredible things. But here he is a chapter earlier sitting with information. It's led him to a belief and now it's driving behavior. And this is the destructive, chaotic behavior that we are seeing inside of here. Paul believes that these believers that are speaking of the good news of Jesus Christ are making statements of blasphemy that is contrary to the Mosaic law. It's contrary to the, the law. They're, it's in disagreement with that. And because there's a disagreement in information... It's led him to a belief now where, man, he's got to terminate those that believe it, right? And so with that, it's leading him towards behavior of destruction towards people. Men and women, he's going after the women. He's dragging them out. In later chapters, Acts 9, Acts, uh, there's two other spots where Paul would speak that he carried out the killings of believers, he would drag them out of their homes, throw them in prison, and then kill them. Paul is moved by this information that, to this belief that is leading towards very destructive behaviors. And I'll, and I'll tell you one of the things I want to see, you know, I want to encourage us as a movement with here today is we got to be extremely careful on the information that we have 
that is driving the beliefs in which we have because whatever we believe will drive our actions, will drive our behaviors. We are living in a world today that has so much information. A majority, 80% of the information that we receive on a daily basis comes from five different news sources that control 80% of the information. If you and I are not careful, we can allow wrong information to come into our lives to develop wrong beliefs that then drive wrong behaviors. Paul is in this position. He has wrong information. He has wrong beliefs and it's driving wrong behavior. Wrong behavior. Imagine being a believer at this moment in time. All we are doing is it says in Acts chapter four, should we listen to you Sanhedrin or should we listen to God? All we are doing is telling of what we've heard and seen, right? All we are doing is just speaking freely about what we've heard and seen, both of these things. And with that, there's coming persecution, right? We gotta be careful on the information that is downloaded into our lives because it drives behaviors, right? Number one, you wanna write it down. Wrong information will lead to wrong beliefs and will drive wrong behaviors. If we're not careful, we can have our lives riddled with chaotic actions, but it all stems back to chaotic information, wrong information, wrong belief, wrong behaviors. And we got to be extremely careful inside of life with that. The challenge here is I oppose somebody else's belief and my disrespect for the other individual, I will now um, push them away and try to silence them rather than live in a person of kindness that can disagree, we can agree to disagree, and be cordial in the process. It's a, it's a premise in which believers will have to operate in, especially in this season of life. Individuals will simply not like us for what we believe. Jesus Christ is the Savior Messiah. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. We've been empowered with the Holy Spirit. Jesus forever makes intercession with us. He sits at the right hand of the Father in relationship with us, working on our behalf. We are empowered with the Holy Spirit to live a righteous life, that our good works can be seen before all men, that they would see them and they would glorify our Heavenly Father in that process. Opposing beliefs should never lead a believer to say, I will disrespect an individual, ostracize an individual, demean another individual based on what they believe, right? The chaotic world in which we live in is tied to opposing beliefs that wants to uh, lead individuals towards wrong behaviors of isolating people, ostracizing people, demonizing people. And that is not the gospel. That is not the truth, right? We live in America founded upon Judeo-Christian beliefs that all men are created equal, right? All men are created equal. And you and I as citizens of this country and you and I as citizens of heaven should live in a premise that all men are created equal. And all men are created in the image of God. A man to that. So 
Paul, with this wrong belief, is criticizing. He's coming after and he's even killing Christians. He finds himself in a place where division is driving a whole lot of dysfunction. On the other side of this, though, unity drives peace. If we can stay united around what we believe in Jesus Christ, there's unlimited possibilities with the future of our faith and the future of our country. But it's united around the truth, right? We are powered with the truth and who Jesus is. And man, we are powered with the Holy Spirit that will lead us into all truth. Careful on the information so it doesn't drive wrong belief and wrong behaviors. Second thing I'll leave you with this is nothing is wasted. As we look inside of the scripture here, nothing is wasted. Acts chapter 8, moving on in verse number 4, it says this, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people about uh, there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy inside of the city. Stephen's death was the start of persecution for the Acts church. Okay, nothing's wasted though. This is the beauty. Uh, I heard it said one time that uh, martyr's blood is often the seed of the church. The uh, martyr's blood is often the seed. It's the down pain. It's the, the investment for the growth of the church. And you see here that Stephen's death, his, his persecution, his killing, his, you know, stepping into martyrdom, right? I don't know if I said it last week, but um, uh, individuals aren't killed or martyrs aren't killed, they're revealed. I don't know if I said that last week, but Stephen being a martyr was revealed. And this is the start of persecution. In this pers persecution, believers are scattered all throughout the region. Now, if you go back to Acts chapter one, verse number eight, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will go into all of the world. He says, you will go into Jerusalem, you go into Judea, you will go into all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're going to go into all of the world. And sometimes you and I can get comfortable with our position and we won't be cognizant or we won't be uh, uh, moved by the leaning or maybe the pushing or the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. And here we find believers are just in Jerusalem at this moment in time and there's nothing wasted because this persecution pushes them out into the regions. One specifically it speaks about in here is Samaria, that Philip goes down to Samaria and he begins to preach the gospel. The beautiful thing about this here is though, that as the believers in this crisis are going out, this crisis is revealing God's course for them, right? The, this crisis is revealing that, hey, I said you're going to go into all of the world and maybe you want to stay comfortable, but I'm trying to get you out of your comfort through a crisis. And a crisis is leading you to see my course. And the beautiful thing is that it was made easy. Imagine if you're an individual that is a believer at this moment in time and persecution is hitting your city, say it's hitting San Antonio. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, these, these, these religious people in San Antonio are getting a little crazy. 
and uh, we're going to move on. We're going to start. We're going to we got to get to Bernie or we got to get out to, you know, Medina or we got to get out to maybe Austin or maybe we, let's get all the way out in El Paso, El Paso. You know, we got to get out of here and, and, and we get into these regions that have heard about the name of Jesus and we are we get into these cities and we get into these places and we're, we're getting comfortable. We're getting to know we, we purchased a house. Maybe we rent an apartment. We're starting to get our, getting to know our neighbors and they're asking, who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? And, and why are you here? The cool thing is, is that these believers under persecution, I mean, thousands of people are losing their life. You've got to understand this is a massive issue. It's massive persecution. It's a massive crisis. But these believers saw Jesus and they saw him raised to life and they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And they're not backing down in the middle of the persecution. They're just moving on in the process in order to continue this message. And there's nothing wasted. They may lose their hometown, but they are gaining an opportunity to live in God's course, God's plan. And the beautiful thing, it's just easy. They're like, who are you? Where are you from? Oh, we're from Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, man. Well, what are you doing out here in El Paso? What are you doing? Well, let me just tell you, you know, you know you've probably heard of that man, Jesus, man. You, he came through the region a few, you know, a few years ago. And well, actually, you know, the deal was is that he was crucified by, by, the, by the Sanhedrin. He was crucified um, and uh, he was raised to life. We hung out with him for 40 days. I mean, he said he was going to die and be raised in three days. And man, he did. We got to see his wounds. And, and man, he hung out with us for 40 days. And, and man, we got to see him do incredible things while he was here. I mean, he continued to preach and teach us. And then he said the Holy Spirit was going to come. And, and we were in this upper room. We were praying. And man, all of a sudden we received the Holy Spirit. And man, crazy things were happening. I mean, even these apostles are walking by people and their shadows are healing people. And then, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, Jesus said he was the Messiah, that he was going to be raised to life. And it really happened. And man, he said the way to life is through him. And we just got to receive him. And man, that's there's people in El Paso thinking like, what? Wait, oh, wait, this man. And that's how. And what, what are you talking about? Man, I want to receive this man. I want to receive all that you're talking about. Man, it looks like your life has been transformed and you speak with such conviction. Wow. You know, these incredible things are going on. Philip's in Samaria. And it says he's speaking the good news. The information that he's given is good news, right? We got to be careful with the information because it may not be good news, right? If he can keep you in fear, man, we can control you with it. But if you got good news and you're being led by truth, now you are empowered with the truth. And this good news is being taught and preached. And people are coming to know Jesus. And Philip has many signs and wonders that are following I me mean, just like you know, just like Stephen, another individual, signs and wonders, these incredible things are going on. Nothing is wasted. And I know sometimes in life we get down the road of life and think, man, oh, this is a waste. And what, what's going on? And what does this season mean? And well, the God that we serve, there's nothing wasted. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Our minds, our humanity wants to lead us towards questions to reason and understand. But sometimes... We will not be able to justify the crisis, but if we sit back and trust God's plan, then we'll be able to look with a greater perspective to see God's course. Wow. Wow. I mean, you think about, man, why in the world did I not get into the college that I desired? I wanted to go to this specific school. Why didn't I get in? I mean, God knows the desires of my heart. 
But all of a sudden you have another opportunity and you get into that opportunity and you can honestly sit here today and say, you know what? I thank God that in the middle of what I thought was a crisis on what I didn't get, it turned out to be the God's perfect course for my life. It led towards this connection to this relationship, to this opportunity, to this man or woman that I got to meet, that this man or woman that now I am married to, to this man or woman that's now the father and or mother of my kids. It all played out, but in this crisis, it revealed God's course. Why did I lose this job? I just don't understand it. I don't get it. But a crisis would lead towards God's course. There was a little shift up in uh, Southern Folger when I was working there before. They were reshifting re, re and, and, and kind of redesigning departments. And in that process, they were going to move me to another area. And, you know, it was not something I wanted. It was a bit of a crisis for me. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. Uh, it was in a season where it was kind of pivotal for me that if I wanted to step into full-time ministry and, and, and live this out and really take on the call that God had laid on my life, then it now was the time, really. You know, I was six years into student leading or student pastoring. It was like, you know, this is the time. And in this crisis, God's course was revealed. And I, man, we went full in. I went full in to full-time ministry that led to the incredible opportunities of leading a student ministry that positioned me and prepared me um, for where Pearl Street Church is at today and what I lead here today. I could have said, why in this company? But man, I just pulled back and said, God, you got a plan. And I'm just going to listen to that plan. And I know that you're going to reveal your course. There is nothing wasted. Nothing is wasted inside of life. A health issue, Maybe it's just an opportunity, a bit of a crisis to lead us to a place to say, you know what? We got to get active and we got to live healthy. These are all things, man. If we trust God in this process, there's nothing wasted. A crisis can reveal God's course. Under persecution, the church moved out, moved out of Jerusalem to fulfill the Acts 1-8, what Jesus said we would do. And lives are being transformed all over the place. Trust God, maybe in the middle of your crisis. Maybe today, pick your head up, this crisis that we're in here today. What is God trying to reveal about his course for my life? What is God trying to reveal about his course for my life? The last thing I'll leave you with here is this. Um, the last thing I'm going to leave you with is you can't buy it. You just have to receive it. In speaking about the Holy Spirit, you can't buy it. You just have to receive it. Philip went down to Samaria. Lives are being transformed. Um, Peter and John begin to hear, man, they're in Jerusalem. They're hearing, man, these guys, Samaria, man, is coming to know. They're coming to know Jesus. They're receiving Christ. Wow. Okay, well, let's go down there. Let's go speak to these believers. And so this in Acts chapter 8, verse number 9, it says this, a man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years in Samaria, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest after uh, often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. Verse number 11. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began to follow Philip um, 
wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles from uh, in Jerusalem heard this, um, that, that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for, that, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon uh, saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed. So that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a here's something going on here. Philip is speaking truth. Philip is speaking the good news. Many people are coming to know Jesus. There's just so happens to be an onlurker that has been living in darkness. He's been a sorcerer. He's been partnered with the ruler of this world, the devil. He's been operating with magic in order to perform um, interesting things to happen, anomalies. In the, I mean, he's creating magic, illusions tied to uh, the, the demonic spirit world. And with that, because of this supernatural ability in connection with darkness, he's now gained a reputation as a man of power. But he's, he's a false, he's a false individual operating with demonic power. He's a man that witnesses what is being spoken and done by Philip and he himself comes to believe. In that process, he sees as Peter and John come on down from Jerusalem And they begin to lay their hands and begin to pray that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon people. Simon begins to see the power from the almighty God released into people and what that does. And he himself, as a believer in Jesus now, offers to buy this power. Why? He's known what power looks like and what power can do for you. He's known what it means to take this ability and use it for your own gain. Hey, the enemy is all about that world. Take power, use it for your own gain. Glorify your own self, right? You are your own God. Build your kingdom, do your thing, and allow yourself to be glorified. Unfortunately, the Bible says, let, as we said a little bit earlier, who lights a lamp and hides it, right? So too we should Let our good works shine before all men that they may see them and glorify our heavenly father. There's a clear difference between the motives of a believer empowered by the Holy Spirit to shine into a dark world than a person that is simply using power as a source or magic. Or if you just flip over into um, you know, the monetary side, there's a lot of wealthy people out there that have used principles straight out of God's word in order to develop their own wealth and build their own lives. And they never give glory back to God and they never honor God with their wealth. What are they doing? They're building their own kingdom 
And this is the only kingdom they will ever have. It's here on earth. This man wants to buy this power for his own benefit. And let me just be, be clear here today. Every individual that is a believer, right? We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, man. We have the truth. We know the truth. We want to live our lives according to the righteousness of God, right? We want to seek first the kingdom of God. We want to live righteously. And man, we trust that God will add unto us. In this process, we got to be extremely careful, extremely careful that we don't take the principles of God, and apply them to our daily lives. In that process, we're finding favor with God and men, and then we are forgetting who the blesser is. It's very easy to overlook those that have come before us and the one that has honored us with our gifts. The best place for you and I to be inside of life is to live a life of humility. As we build or as we lay down the future um, for the next generation, live our lives righteously with humility and lead our lives as we lay or lead our lives in that humility as we lay down the future for the next generation. The blessing we live in today is tied to our forefathers of yesterday. I've seen many people dishonor our past, dishonor those that have laid down the groundwork for the blessing we sit in here today, simply from wrong information. Every season has its opportunity. Every season has its faithful individuals that lay the foundation for the next generation. Every generation should look back and honor those that of the past, but humbly Lay down a foundation for the next generation. Philip is receiving the blessing of a future generation, right? Those that laid down and he's coming in to preach, right? Somebody's gone before. I mean, Jesus was just there years before preaching the gospel. He spoke to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. He said, give me a drink, right? And he says, I got a drink that you will thirst. You'll never thirst again, Right? He's already, Jesus laid the groundwork. Philip is receiving the harvest. The worst place Philip could be is overlooking the investment of those in the past. And let me just tell you, as Christians, we should honor those that have come before us. Honor those that have come before us in our faith. Honor those as we are doing in this, as looking at chapter of Acts, we're looking in the book of Acts. That's what we're doing. We're honoring those that have gone before us, that in persecution were Hundreds of thousands of people were losing their lives. They didn't back down and they kept on sharing the good news. And you and I have this very same opportunity. I believe even more increasingly uh, we will have an opportunity as we move forward into the future of this country with the chaos that's going on to share the hope that we know in Jesus Christ and never back down for what we believe. Right? Nothing is wasted. You can't buy this power. You have to receive this power. And when you receive this power, you receive the confidence, you receive the truth, you receive the ability to walk with power, you receive the ability to pray and see people recover, you receive the ability to, man, take your mind, put it underneath the control of the Holy Spirit, not be at the whim of chaos, not be at the whim of chaotic people that are disseminating wrong information. 
in order to get you fear driven, man, you can allow your life to say, man, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to receive peace that passes all understanding. Man, I'm going to take every thought and I'm going to submit it to Christ. Man, I'm going to get my mind in alignment with the truth of God's word. Holy Spirit is empowering me with that truth. And I'm always staying in alignment with the truth, no matter what chaotic people do to try to disseminate information to deceive me. Where there's division, there's dysfunction. Where there's unity, there is peace. Man, let's stay united. Let's stay peaceful. Nothing is wasted. Crisis, crises can reveal God's course. And man, when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't buy it. You must receive it. So let me ask you today. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Simon inside of here wanted to purchase the Holy Spirit. And he was rebuked very sternly by the apostles. Jealousy was rooted inside of his heart. They spoke back at him to say, you're trying to gain this ability simply from a place to to promote yourself. But God wants to release this, this power upon us that, man, we can live a life of righteousness and we can live our lives as a blessing to others. Let me tell you, have you received the blessing of the Holy Spirit here today? If you haven't, man, I would encourage you right now just to close your eyes. Come on, just do it with me. Just close close your eyes and say, Jesus, I believe you are the Lord and Savior of this world. And I I ask you or I have asked you to come into my heart. But today, Jesus, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to come into my life. I want to be transformed. I want to have peace on the inside of my mind and and peace on the inside of my heart. I want to be led with the truth. I want want my behaviors to be in alignment with your truth. Jesus, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Send the Holy Spirit into my life. Transform me. Come on, I pray that you said that prayer today and Man, right now, the Holy Spirit is just beginning to step into your life and beginning to renew your thoughts and and, and beginning to bring peace into your life. And there's a transformation process. I believe there's a transformation process that's happening right now in your home, right now where you are at. Transformation. Man, you are being empowered with the Holy Spirit right now. Man, everything that we've spoke of, that we've seen over the last seven chapters Today with the eighth chapter, we're seeing all these powerful outworkings, but it's all tied to, man, the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Come on, as we begin to worship here today, I pray you're just walking in this confidence and this belief here today that, man, God has a plan, that, man, there's truth in his word, that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that, man, every crisis can reveal God's course. And you know what? We're not going to step out trying to buy the Holy Spirit. We just want to receive the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we just begin to worship. Just allow that to be the anthem of your life and your mind this week as we step in. Say, God, reveal your course for our lives and fill us with the Holy Spirit. That, man, we we can allow our good works to shine before all men and you would get the glory as we live righteously and we seek your kingdom. Man, we know that you're going to add unto us. Come on, let's worship together here today. It was so good to have you tuned in right here today. 
for this message. I pray that you are encouraged and you are strengthened inside of your faith. Man, you are confident here today in, in accomplishing what God has laid out for you to do as a believer, whatever sphere of influence that you are in. I pray that you are ready to get it done. Now, our kids' experience is coming up next. Make sure you jump online, get your kids around. They'll be encouraged to get ready for their week. Outside of that, keep on making a difference in the world in which God has destined you to lead in. Have a great week.